0: Hello and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Ruppe. He's Chris Stantial. Chris, how are you doing on this chilly Tuesday morning?
1: Well, Eugene, the only thing that's on my mind right now is, uh, other than Villanova basketball, is that my vacation starts in about 24 hours and I cannot wait.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's pretty sweet. (laughs) Hopefully a majority of our listeners are also fortunate to get a head start on their Christmas holiday break. I guess you call it? I don't know, long weekend? Yeah. Long, I mean that's how it is in the real world. Yeah, I know. I I,
1: I the, ru- the rumor rumor has is that you you're not really getting that much of a vacation.
0: No, no. Unfortunately <laughs> not. They just gave me the Monday after Christmas and I'll be right back at it on Tuesday.
1: <laughs> Welcome to real life.
0: <laughs> For all of you who are still students of the fine esteemed university on 800 East Lancaster Ave. Certainly enjoy all the breaks you can. Even if you're doing nothing, that's enjoying it in itself.
1: Some say that's the most effective type of break, doing nothing.
0: I I would die for those days. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: really, um, we would kill for that right
0: now. (laughs) But I did get some redemption in looking at some polls. Hmm. And I saw that not only are we ranked on Podomatic's Top 75 Sports Podcast Hmm. Rankings, For the ninth straight week, we also reached our highest ranking yet, coming in at 31. We were also added to Podomatic's Movers and Shakers list for our fast rise, and we were featured as a trending podcast on the Podomatic website. Honestly, we couldn't do it without you listeners out there, and all you people subscribing, hitting the download button, listening on your way to work or wherever you are. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank thank you to everyone so so very much. Seeing us on that trending page on the app when I just scrolled down a little bit, I took a screenshot. I even sent it to you. Uh, that that was just just insane to see. Such a cool cool feeling knowing that we've uh, been able to make such a quick rise because of everyone out there. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's good to know that people care. <laughs> yeah,
1: it makes it worth it for sure.
0: But then I also looked at another poll. And I felt even happier on top of the excitement I already felt knowing that the Wildcats are still at number one on top of the AP and coaches' polls. They're holding down the top spot as they enter the third week of being ranked up there, way up there. Yeah,
1: we're on the AP poll, we're only one of three teams receiving first place votes, and we have a vast majority of them. On the Big East side of things, Creighton's at nine now, and Butler rose a little bit. I think they're 13, and then Xavier is 17 across both poles. So some consistency there, and uh, you got four teams in the Big East in the top 25.
0: That's always good. The Big East, a power, we, we need to revise it to Power Six conferences. Yeah, please. Or just drop the number, whichever one works for you.
1: Power, power Conference works as well. I would agree.
0: It's just another good time to be ranked at Villanova.
1: Yeah. Good times keep on rolling.
0: So while we're talking about the basketball team, they got a game coming up. It's felt like forever since their last game to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a hot minute.
0: I know it was last Wednesday, but I don't know I don't know what it is between the Temple game and now the upcoming American game, it's just felt like I know it's been a week, but it just feels like forever.
1: Yeah, it's felt a lot longer. I don't know. This weekend felt longer, but I I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. It I guess it was just a jam-packed weekend, and then you got the holidays around the corner. So, I think it's just kind of adding time to everything.
0: So the team had a little break. They took a little break for finals because we care about our academics at the fine esteemed university.
1: Yes, not like uh, our championship rival counterparts.
0: Yeah, not like the other university that shares the same mascot. That's about six hundred miles south of here.
1: Oh, that that other that other university.
0: There are other ones.
1: True, true. We shouldn't just single them out.
0: <laughs> They're not the only guilty ones. <laughs> so, Nova plays American, who Ken Palm lists as having a 0.3% chance of upsetting Villanova. I'll be honest, I have never seen Ken Palm give less than 1% to a team. Yeah,
1: I mean, last week brought it up as well. I think I took a shot in the dark and said 3%, and then you're like, no, 03 I was just like, oh boy, this this is a all time low for Ken Palm predictions. So, what can we expect from the Eagles? Well, um, a lot of bricks. They are bricklayers. The Eagles are one of the worst three point shooting teams in in the country, shooting at a measly twenty eight point one percent from deep. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's bad. I I could probably do that better in my driveway. And then they're also bad from the free throw line. So Villanova has now had the honor of playing the best free throw shooting team in the nation and now one of the worst. They're shooting exactly 60% from the charity stripe, which ranks 343rd in the nation out of 350-something schools. That are eligible.
0: (laughs) That honestly sounds like an intramural team's stat line right there.
1: Yeah, like one of the worst intramural team's (laughs) stat lines. I mean, even the competent ones could do better than that. Ooh. So some of the star players, if you... If you want to call them star players. I I was going to say that, but I didn't want to, and then you interjected, so thank you. You said it, not me.
0: We'll call Uh, them the leading guys.
1: The leading guys, yes. We'll we'll go with that. Saeed Nelson... He's averaging just under 17 points a game. He also chipped in four boards per game as well. Delonte Jones, 12.3 points per game shooting just under 40% from the field and 53.3% from the line. I'm sorry that I'm laughing through this. I just can't imagine watching this nonsense game in and game out. And then, You have Mark Gasparini, 12 points even per game, and I'm assuming he's their leading rebounder with just over five awards per game as well. And you know how we're all big about the efficiency here on State of the Nomination. Well, American is not efficient. They rank 335th in offense, according to Ken Palm, and on the defensive side of the ball, they're 218th.
0: At least that's better than 100 schools? About? Just about? yeah for for the defense and then for, for, defense, the, for defense for offense you're better than about 20 that's just tough i mean it hasn't been an easy road for american I, oh they they started their season losing five straight it's got to be hard to be an american eagle fan
1: if if there are any after after this how do you how do you allow it to get this bad they were uh, like one of those constant tournament teams that like will win their conference tournament and like as like a lower end seed, sneak in 14, 15 seed and try to cause an upset. I mean, they almost upset Villanova back in 2009 for those who remember that. Oh, I remember. Yeah. You remember? I remember. But now this is just what, what happened? This is bad. How did we, why didn't we even schedule them? Because the Big East is tough, Chris. Oh, so this is the cupcakes to the, to the,
0: To the other cupcake. (laughs) To
1: the other cupcake.
0: Okay. All right. That's fine. DePaul is in the Big East after all.
1: I know. Try to ignore that. But didn't we play enough cupcake games? I don't understand. This isn't like the Charleston tournament where you have to play Charleston if you want to enter the tournament. Like that, (laughs) that you could reason with me. But this, this makes no sense why they're on the schedule. None.
0: I don't know. I don't know if we have any ties. Like, I don't know if there's like a Nova alum who works at American But here we are. We're about to play the Eagles tomorrow night at 7 at the Pavilion. They are a young team. I mean, that's probably part of the problem. A lot of their main players are freshmen and sophomores. But it's just, this is one of those question mark games. Like, I feel like we could have scheduled another cupcake that would at least be a little more competitive.
1: Yeah, I mean, really. I I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but anyone would be better than this. This is is dreadful. Like, I would have even taken Drexel.
0: Jackson would have been pretty cool. You know, you play another Philly school.
1: Yeah. They're, they're always lumped into the big
0: five, even though they're not really big five. The city six, as much as they'd love to be a part of.
1: Oh, that's right. That's for intramural purposes though.
0: Oh yeah. Uh (laughs) Don't tell them that though. Right. Right.
1: They they get, they're a little salty about that. I think.
0: You have American, which is on this one end of the spectrum. And then on the completely opposite end, you have Villanova who ranks within the top 30 in a number of different categories, even top, Five and some of them that like this is just this going to be a great game for the bench mob.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that the the bench mob might get some burn and actually play played enough to, um, enough minutes to you know have a st- stat line that rivals some of the starters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we did it.
1: Why? Just so uh, the new the new bench mob can finally get in.
0: Yeah, you know you got to give the fans what they want just before Christmas. <sighs>
1: Right, you know the little Christmas gift for the for the walk-ons. I would have loved to have seen Henry Farrell and Kevin Rafferty go up against these guys. I wonder what that would have been like.
0: <laughs> I think they would each drop at least ten points. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna say that right now. <laughs>
1: this is, this is gonna be a bloodbath, isn't it?
0: Not only is this gonna be a bloodbath, I'm gonna say that this isn't a Sharpie type game. This is the type of game where you get marble. And you can carve in that W. You can, you can take it to professional. I don't know what the exact title of that person is, but then you can carve out a W in that rock or in that marble, or in whatever material you have
1: <laughs> Yeah, you can be like Michelangelo, carve your own little David, <laughs> make it a W and, and put it up in in the Davis Center for this for this game.
0: Oh, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Villanova's looking good to remain at number one going into the start of conference play next Wednesday, right?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty convinced. I don't want to know what the spread is on this game, <laughs> if they have an early spread yet. I don't know if they came out with a spread about 24 hours before.
0: Yeah, usually they come out like the afternoon before. So maybe around lunchtime I'd check back in.
1: Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, you know, This is the type of game no one's going to know what's going on anyway, so I doubt they'll have it in time, they'll even, if they'll even have one. I don't know if Vegas is even going to want to deal with this. <laughs> if, you're, if you're betting on Villanova American, you should probably go see a group, some group therapy.
0: I think Josh Hart is just <laughs> licking his lips for this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you want to make
1: your uh, wooden case stronger. This, this is the type of game. You might be able to put up 30 points and a half. No, I'm kidding. He can't do that. Or maybe he can. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We don't know what's, what could happen tomorrow. I
1: mean, if he does, all props to him. But just this is the type of game where you, the, honestly the only concern is someone getting injured.
0: You want just That's true. That's you, true. As much so, as we laugh, that, that is actually a serious concern.
1: This is a serious concern of mine. I hate these type of games because of that because you get a little too lax. You think you're going to come out and you can, you're just going to win on talent alone. No big deal. And the next thing you know you go up for a rebound, and you land on your ankle wrong, and that's it for like a few weeks so let's get out of this unscathed let's put up let's put up a lot of points, <laughs> let's win this game by double digits let's not even have this be anything resembling the LaSalle game. Let's get head into the conference play with a full head of steam.
0: yeah, we will certainly tune in tomorrow night at seven p m game will tip off right at the pavilion. Good to be back, yeah especially if you're around there,
1: yeah, absolutely. Is this game on Fox Sports 1, or is this not even televised?
0: It's supposed to be on Fox Sports
1: 1. Okay, there right, Cool.
0: So, transitioning over to the women's team, just like the men's team, they took a little break for finals. They've got a real tough one coming up. Not like American. They've, <laughs> they're have they currently 4-5. and five. They're coming off of a tough loss. They got blown out by Temple last Wednesday. And now tomorrow, they're hitting the road, and they're going to head down to play Duke. Now the Duke women's basketball team—they're not the powerhouse kind of like Coach K has over with the men's team—but they're still pretty good. They're ranked in the top twenty-five. They've only lost once this year. They're ten and one. And the last time Nova played a ranked team, it didn't really go so well. They—they they lost to then-ranked number ten Mississippi State to start the season.
1: Yeah, I remember talking about that game. They got—they uh, got blindsided in that one. It seems like the women's team has a better non-conference schedule than us than the, than the men's team. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess you, you challenge themselves. <laughs> yeah. So
1: so props to them for that. But yeah, Duke the Duke women's team is always the type of team you'll see come women's tournament time. You just see on the, the bottom scroll, like they're like a two three seed, get to the Sweet Sixteen maybe the eight if they're lucky, and then they'll lose to one of the, like UConn, UConn or Stanford or Notre the, Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah. So I mean, they're always there. They're just never able to break through. But they're a good team this year. They're they're coming in with a six-game win streak led like by the tandem of Rebecca Greenwell. She's uh, Her stat line looks like 20 points per game, six boards per game, 47% from the field, and 44% from behind the arc. And Lexi Brown adding to this fantastic duo, chipping in 17 points of her own per game. And Duke hasn't lost at home yet this season, and they have outscored their opponents by a margin of 29.3 points per game. And for Villanova, that doesn't bode very well because they seem to be susceptible to the big blowouts this year, at least early on. So if if Duke has any type of lead, they're going to be looking – they'll keep their foot on the pedal and try to blow them out.
0: It's tough because I feel like the women's team is still trying to find an identity or figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Trying to strive away from the Coyer twins, mm. who's been a four-year staple. Right but it's just it's it's a tough it's a tough schedule, and you know you're you're going against a top twenty five team on the road, and you see that they're blowing out opponents by almost thirty points a game. It's a it's a tough one it's a tough yeah. one
1: it, it's a tough proposition for sure especially especially on the road i mean I, I wouldn't say that they would be winning if it was at the pavilion or anything, but going on the road just makes it just that much more tough
0: yeah and in women's basketball it's hard because you don't realize how many of these teams are actually ranked. Like, yeah, there's right. a top 25, but all you see is UConn or Notre Dame or Stanford.
1: Right. Yeah, the the drop off from the top four to five, six, seven is just is very significant.
0: And then from like 25 onwards, too, is just like just... another.
1: Yeah, it's a crapshoot at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll keep an eye. It's definitely not looking too good for the Lady Wildcats. They'll tip off also tomorrow night at 7 p.m. down over there in Durham. Good old Durham, North Carolina.
1: Do they do they play in the what, – what's the name of Dukes Arena?
0: The, the Cameron Indoor Stadium.
1: Yeah. yeah, do they play in Cameron?
0: I think they do, yes. Okay. Because I, I think one time I saw a game on ESPN, and it was a women's team playing, and they were playing in that court.
1: They were, okay. Do they do they have the uh, student section, <laughs> the same student section they do when the men play? Uh, they still have the camera I, crazies I, I, there? There? Were, there
0: were definitely people, but I wouldn't say it was as packed as if Coach K's boys were in town.
1: Right. No, I, I would figure that. But I I'd still feel like the camera crazies still go nuts regardless.
0: Yeah, just because they're both like ranked, you know? Like I feel like the UConn men's and women's team probably have just as much of an equal fan base
1: yeah at least when uh Yukon won it was it our sophomore year and yeah, when they when they beat they knocked us off on, on their way to winning the tournament
0: yeah 2014
1: yeah they had uh, when the women's team obviously won that same year as well, and it seemed like they were
0: pretty yeah, they even were going crazy. fan
1: base wide. yeah yeah they were, they were <laughs> just hyped for the women's the women winning as as much as they were for the men's
0: and that's awesome to see honestly yeah it is hopefully one day we'll get that support for our lady cats
1: slowly but surely.
0: We're gonna look at another women's team, who got their Christmas wish about a week early. The women's soccer team has a new head coach. Last Friday, the university announced the hiring of Chris McLean as the team's new head coach. Way back in the early days of this podcast, mm-hmm. we talked about how you know there was a little bit of a friction between the women's soccer team and the administration of the coaching. They just weren't vibing. They weren't gelling, and Obviously, winning is a great chemistry builder. Fortunately, it's been a rough few years for the women's soccer team. I mean, we talked about they lost a lot of close games. That could have really gone either way.
1: Yeah, they lost a lot of close games, but there was a lot of losing. A loss is a loss either way, and it just doesn't reflect very well on your record. I mean, Frank Kulis finished, finished his three-year tenure at Nova with an 11-40-4 record. That's That is brutal. That's... Gus, Gus Bradley of the Jacksonville Jaguars just got fired this past Sunday, and his record wasn't even that bad. I'm shocked that he that they stayed on for that long. I mean, yeah, you had a lot of close one nothing games, but you weren't those one nothing games felt like two three nothing because th- this team couldn't score for the longest time. And we made mention of it several times over the past few podcasts that two years ago they they went like games on end without scoring. It was just not fun to see. It was not fun to watch. I mean, you would hope that there was some change in recruiting philosophy that actually bring in some talent that could, you know, put the ball in the back of the net. And it looked like they were kind of going that way this year, but like you said, the, the friction was just too much to handle, and they had to get a new coach.
0: Yeah, like they certainly brought in. They have a nice freshman sophomore class, and obviously McLean will hopefully build onto that. But it's just eleven and forty. I mean, it's good to see that change is coming. Obviously, it's never fun when you're losing.
1: No, especially that frequently, and that often, it, it becomes contagious at that point. You kind of expect to lose every time you take the field, and like, that's just the type of mentality you obviously just can't have if you're if you want to change a program. You got to show some signs signs of improvement to actually, you know, give this team some motivation to go out there every every week or so to actually put forth their, their best effort because this team this team couldn't can't win on talent alone, so they got to really you know, have to be into it. They have to be mentally prepared. It just seemed like Franquous wasn't wasn't able to do so.
0: Yeah, three years on paper, it doesn't really sound like a long time. But when you go 11, 40, and four over those three years, that must feel like an eternity.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize they played that many games in three years. I thought the record would be like a lot less than that. I didn't realize that, what is it, 50, 58 games? 50, 55 games.
0: Yeah, my heart definitely goes to the women's soccer team we were able to endure the reign of Frank Hulus.
1: Yeah.
0: That's how. But now with McLean, from what I've heard so far, the players are definitely loving it. They've met him. They've had meetings already with McLean. They can tell that the culture and the vibe and the atmosphere is definitely a lot better. They really like what they're seeing from him so far. And that, that's good. I mean, you know, you get everyone on board early. And everyone's happy, a happy worker, a happy employee just adds for a good work environment. And that just is the same thing for a sports locker room.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, just to give some background on him, comes from Ohio State, which is a pretty good program over there. He was the associate head coach, and he was a recruiting coordinator for a few years. Ohio State went 24-14-4 while he was on the staff, and he made the NCAA tournament in each of the past two seasons. In 2015, the Buckeyes were able to get to the Sweet 16, failed to make a pass the second round this past fall. For Ohio State, he was coaching at Colgate for 11 years. He actually kind of helped them turn that program around, helped them win five regular season titles, three conference titles, and Colgate actually knocked off Arizona, who was ranked at the time and a Pac-10 champion in 2004, so it was a good good while ago. We were still in elementary school, but it happened, and that was in the opening weekend of that tournament. And they became the first Patriot League team ever to win a tournament game. And you know, women's soccer has been going on for a while. And I mean, I'm assuming the Patriot League isn't you know the SEC of the women's soccer landscape, but to see that is, is a pretty cool thing to have, you know add to your resume. And he's also helped put together a great incoming recruiting class and has worked with uh, Lindsay Agnew and Nichelle Prince, two women on Team Canada. So and Team Canada is pretty good for for women's soccer. They've given the United States their fair share of good games in in the past decade or so. So he has a heck of a resume. He's been there before. He knows how to win. And hopefully he's able to bring a winning mentality to Villanova.
0: Yeah, you know, when you just read his resume alone, you can tell that the women's soccer team's got a bright future ahead of them.
1: Yeah, for sure, and he is—he is not related to Gary or Dwayne to make a basketball reference.
0: So yeah, we need—we need to clarify that. <laughs> Just need to clarify. So
1: don't get your hopes up that Gary or Dwayne will be attending women's soccer games anytime soon,
0: or that Chris McClain will be bawling out on the court anytime soon. Oh, oh yeah, can you imagine? Probably kick some basketballs in from half court. Something crazy. Oh, <laughs> well, that would be cool. <laughs> imagine if they brought him on as like a
1: halftime show type ordeal.
0: They brought about out of Hoops Media, three-point <laughs> contest. Everyone's <laughs> shooting. He's just kicking them in. K- kicks them right
1: in. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome your women's uh, your new women's soccer team coach as he proceeds to kick in threes.
0: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the women's soccer team. They seem to really like him so far. And it's going to have this chemistry very early, way before the season starts. So then by the time August rolls around, you just hit the ground running.
1: Yep. And hopefully they hit it running hard because – this team hasn't sniffed the NCAA tournament since 2009, and that was also the last time they had a winning record. So he's got a lot of work to do, but it's if his past jobs have any indication of what he can do, this program's in the, going in the right direction.
0: Would you say this is a good time to hop on the Villanova Women's Soccer bandwagon?
1: Sure, why not? If this was some this was stock, you know, it's like penny stock right now, so buy a bunch because it could only go up from here.
0: I want everyone to know that I have acquired the keys to this bandwagon, and I will be driving this one too.
1: This is your fourth one now. Or third. Third or fourth.
0: Probably my fourth. Oh god. I've lost count already on how you're, many bandwagons I'm on.
1: Your keychain's getting pretty big, Eugene. I don't know what okay. you're gonna do.
0: Can't wait until we play Xavier and the blue blob comes out.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we should
0: we should start a GoFundMe. We gotta go see him. Yeah, send Eugene to the Syntax Center.
1: <laughs> Just for a picture with the blue blob, please. Nothing else. Nothing else. Come on.
0: I'll I'll take the picture and go straight home. <laughs> I was hoping that he'd be there at Biggest Media Day. He was not. He was not. Were any of the, the mascots there? All the mascots were there. The main no. ones at least.
1: Oh, oh, wait, that's right. The Blue Blob's unofficial.
0: But for the women's soccer team, definitely a bright future. Gotta like the hiring of McLean. I am perfectly behind this. It's time to turn it around. Another news: Billy Joel. You might know him. I don't he's, know if you know. You know who he is? Billy Joel. He's some musician
1: of some sort. Not, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, he, he comes around with a mic and a piano and just. Sings a few songs. Yeah, pretty good at it. He is pretty good. Good enough that uh, he performs at Madison Square Garden pretty often.
1: That's right. He has like a thousand shows there now or something. I don't know. There's yeah, a, I, think there's
0: a... I think he said he was going until he doesn't sell out anymore or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, there, there's a banner up there at MSG that says uh, how many performances he's been there for.
0: So this past weekend, he was there having another one of his performances. I think he's had at least 40 now. And there he goes. He's on stage. He's performing. But this time, it wasn't like the other times. It wasn't like all the other 40-something times he performed at MSG. Mm. About midway through, put on a Villanova hat while he was performing and rocked it for about a good minute. <laughs> Thoughts on Billy Joel repping the V? Well, that,
1: That's awesome. Well, why was he rapping Villanova? Does he have a
0: connection to us somehow i I don't know i I love it I totally love, love it. I couldn't find anything
1: that's just so out of the ordinary. I saw the hat. It was like it's just your typical winter winter hat, and it just had a villanova thing on it, and I'm just like, oh my God, Billy Joel's representing Villanova. I thought that would never never happen. not that I would ever imagine it happening, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know it's... there you are just sitting and then it's like you're enjoying it, and then all of a sudden he puts on the hat and you just go buck crazy at a big Billy Joel concert. So, yeah, I thought this was
1: at the Wells Fargo Center when I first initially saw the tweet. I think Jay tweeted it out. And I, I'm not sure. I think he did. And, yeah, there it was, him wearing the Villanova hat, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I found that it was at Madison Square Garden. I'm like, oh, something's not adding up. I'm like, they can't be promoting the Big East Tournament this early, could they?
0: <laughs> I don't know what it is. I... I don't know what his connection is, but totally welcome it.
1: Oh yeah, me too. I mean, more celebrity power behind the school. It's it's just crazy. it, it is a great time to be a villain on.
0: What is your favorite Billy Joel song? Actually, that, that's pretty hard. That's pretty let's extend it. You know, give me uh give me give me a top three. Give me a top three.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm not that big of a fan of Billy Joel. I'm not saying I don't like him. I think his music's pretty good. I just like wouldn't actively go listen to him. He, like, I wouldn't go out of my way to go listen to him or anything. He's like one of those guys on the radio that you kind of just, when you're striking out on every other station, his song kind of comes on like one of those stations you don't really usually frequently turn into. I don't know. Well, Piano Man, obviously, that that's a classic. Can't go wrong with that one. Uptown Girl is actually one of my more favorite ones from him. And then, well, you're making me to make a cut here for three.
0: Ah. Uh, Honestly, uh, yeah.
1: move, Moving out and tell her about it. I don't know. We'll
0: go tied for three for me. See, that's hard because now you just reminded me of a couple ones. See, I thought I had a three locked in, and now I don't. I don't. I really oh. don't.
1: Oh, really? Well, but I know
0: my number one, I really like New York State of Mind.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: a really big fan of that song. Panel Man's really good, too. Uh, but, I, you know, I'll, I'll put number two as uh, We Didn't Start the Fire. That's a great yeah. one.
1: Yeah, that's another good one.
0: Uh, three? Oh man, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, say so it's hard. You can't. It's really it hard. Down. You can't
0: just narrow it down to three. I'm just gonna put a tie between Piano Man, Moving Out, Lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there's too many. You know, there's too many. I, I I really shot myself in the foot by asking for three. The more uh, I think about it, the more I realize there are a bunch I really like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe tonight he's got great music out there. He He's also one of those artists where it's like, oh, I know that song. Who sung it? Billy Joel. Oh, I know this song. Who sung that one? <laughs> Billy Joel. Oh, oh. And the next thing you know, he's got like six songs you can like really enjoy.
0: Yeah, before you know it, you're listening through his whole discography. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, shout outs to you, Billy Joel, for rocking the Villanova Fee. So, technical passing on. The... Six-foot-seven, 290-pound mammoth on Villanova's football team. Mm. Was named first-team All-American by the Associated Press and the AFCA. He becomes just the 27th Wildcat to receive such an honor. First one since Don Cherry. So I guess he got that continuity to get back-to-back All-Americans. Through 13 games this season, 45 tackles, 21.5 for loss, 11 sacks, two fumble recoveries, one forced fumble, and one blocked kick. And he had at least one sack in each of the last nine games. This season, he was also named the CAA Defensive Player of the Year. And NFL scouts have been coming to watch him play. How do you replace – or you know what? What are your thoughts on Tano He
1: He was really freaking good.
0: (laughs) He started off very slow
1: very raw talent coming in from what i remember uh, in our early years at uh, at Villanova and then he really turned the corner last year he just came out he's just so athletic for sort of such a big guy and he just i don't understand how he played at Villanova like he didn't deserve to play here he deserved to be playing in one of like the bigger programs in the NCAA i mean it, he was CAA player defense defense player of the year I, in the SEC of the FCS, he sh- he should he, – I, I I'm at a loss of words, honestly, because he was just that good. I don't know if – I think you were going to ask me if how do you replace him. I don't think you can from Villanova's standpoint. You're going to have to do it by committee next year, and uh, I don't know if they're going to have the talent or not to do so. This man is leaving behind a lot. He's, he's Villanova's J.J. Watt, <laughs> dare I say it. And we're going to see his talents in the Senior Bowl on January 28th. Mobile Alabama. Hopefully, that's able to get him on the map somewhat. I mean, the stats obviously show he should be an NFL pick, probably in the later rounds because it's FCS. But, you know, who knows? If this senior bowl goes well for him, he has a good combine, maybe he can shoot up some draft boards.
0: Yeah, he could have the Ali Marpet effect.
1: Oh, your boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My boy. (laughs) Went up against him on the football field, talked some trash, and now he's the starting right guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But yeah, I mean the Senior Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you really never know with the Senior Bowl because you know he came in from a D three school, had a great Senior Bowl, great combine, and he shot right up the charts. Same thing could happen with Tyronne Passacon. You know he comes in, has a great week of practice, or maybe he just bull rushes right through and just destroys the quarterback. And they're like, you know what, this guy just shot up two rounds in my book. Right. You really never know.
1: Yeah, I always kind of felt like the Senior. The- a lot of scouts and a lot of teams put a little bit too much weight into the senior bowl, considering it's just a giant exhibition, but, but these, these, these players try, they, they try real hard because they know a lot of them know this is, this is an audition.
0: Yeah. A sure. lot of, a lot of scouts are watching.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you obviously want them to perform well, but I've always kind of felt like the senior bowl is a little overrated in that sense. And the Combine, too, for that matter, but that's a whole other story.
0: You know, go back to what you said. He was, he was definitely a little raw when he first came in. He redshirted. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I saw him, I was like, wow, this guy. At first I thought he played basketball because he's really tall. and he's a, he's a big dude. He could probably walk on or he could get some minutes. He could get some minutes on the basketball team. Uh, for sure. <laughs> he played in high school, so I'm pretty sure he, he's probably good enough to at least walk on.
1: Where, where is he from?
0: He played at Ambler, which is I think an hour away from Nova. Right in Pennsylvania?
1: Oh, oh, so he's somewhat local?
0: Yeah. Okay. But I remember when I saw him this year, when we saw him at homecoming, he looked three times bigger than what I remembered last year. Yeah. He just looked <laughs> jacked. Like this guy was a freak of nature. Like I would not want to go against him.
1: Yeah, no. No, I don't I don't know how anyone would wanna see seeing him, seeing him stare you down from the opposite side of the ball. I mean, my dad was a big fan of his when when we were at homecoming. He just couldn't believe the uh, the show he he put on. I mean, that, he's he's a monster. <laughs> Any team would be lucky to have him. And honestly, I can just see the Eagles giving him a shot. Either if he's undrafted, undrafted free agent, right out right after the draft ends, or maybe just you know using one of their later picks on him. But I, I can definitely see that happening.
0: Oh yeah! If he doesn't get drafted, the Eagles will definitely give him a call as soon as that draft is over.
1: Yeah, (laughs) the Eagles always seem to pay lip service to uh, Andy Talley's boys, so see how that goes.
0: We'll certainly keep an eye on Mister Capascanon and what other accolades may come his way from now until the Senior Bowl, or even Mm -hmm. after the Senior Bowl. Yeah,
1: we'll have a Capascanon watch.
0: Oh yeah, Pookie watch, Capascanon watch. All the watches. Got it all. Now it's time for some mail. Good. First question is from Clarence Davis. He wants to know, what's more likely to happen first? A Villanova NFL Hall of Famer or a Villanova NBA Hall of Famer?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one.
0: This is a really tough – this is a great question. Great question, Clarence.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming, I'm assuming from, like, this point on because it, Howie Long's in the Hall of Fame and I'm sure Paul Arisen is in the Hall of Fame, both were Villanova guys. Yeah, NFL guess, and NBA,
0: respectively. I guess the question should be which will happen next.
1: Yeah, which will happen next. Is Westbrook still eligible for the Hall of Fame? But, like, he's one of those good but not great guys.
0: We yeah, were kind of like we
1: were we were talking about this off air.
0: Yeah, you know? he's, <laughs> no, he's definitely in the Eagles Hall of Fame, but will he be in Canton? That's, a, that's a, uh, that, you know I don't know.
1: Yeah, we don't know. I would just have to say NBA just because there's just a higher frequency of Villanova players in the NBA, but it's not like it's that significant when compared to the NFL. Oh, that's that's tough. I'm gonna just say NBA, and that's only because we're a basketball school.
0: See, yeah, it's hard because, you know, you even get guys from no-name schools in football and they come up to the league and they're they're tearing it up. You know, right. you just
1: – you right. really never know. Yeah, you, you don't know. It's – see, that's so tough to know because this is – Villano is the type of school to produce like a Howie Long guy but still win like a national championship or two in basketball here and there with sprinkling a few Final Fours and, you know, like some of the basketball players might not – be like the next big thing, but you, we'll have a Howie Long on the football team. It's just yeah. it's just one of those odd abnormalities to be in a, such a big basketball school, I guess.
0: I guess I would go with NBA Hall of Fame just because of sheer numbers. I mean, I feel like the likelihood, because we would be getting top-tier basketball talents yeah. you know, coming in year in and year out, and mm-hmm. the odds of one of them ending up in the NBA has got to be higher than one of the guys in the football team ending up in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But even on that, like, alone, if you're bringing in an FCS talent, that's already kind of like a diamond in the rough. Like, we're looking for diamonds in the roughs, the guys that aren't looked at by the top tier schools, the Tano Bonds, right, the Brian Westbrooks. And that alone is, is hard to find at an FCS school. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good question by Clarence. Tough one, real tough one. I guess we would have to go NBA just because we're a basketball school, but Mm -hmm. we would also be the type of school that would have another Howie Long type of talent on the football team. Right.
1: Yeah, more lottery tickets when you got the NBA,
0: when you're going with the NBA answer. The next question is from Anonymous What's your favorite Christmas movie? Ooh, this is another tough one. (laughs) It's like Uh. the Billy Joel question. Like, I, I can think of like 20. Right. Yeah,
1: same here. You know, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you my Mount Rushmore. Okay, okay. Of Christmas movies. All right, all right.
0: (laughs) I I could I could dig that.
1: Rudolph. The I'm gonna miss with toys there. You got Charlie Brown Christmas. You got the uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, and how the Grinch stole Christmas. The the cartoon one, not the anime. Oh, oh yeah Jim Carrey one. Jim oh, Carrey yeah, that... great as a Grinch, but the cartoon one blows
0: it out of the water. Oh yeah, that that's exactly what I imagine you when you said that. I didn't even yeah, account yeah. the live action version.
1: Yeah, I know. I know there's some people out there that hey. think that's like the best Christmas movie ever. But well, take a show, people. Uh
0: if I had to pick an all time one, if I had to pick the George Washington of the Mount Rushmore, <laughs> it would have to be a Christmas story.
1: Ah, uh, great pick.
0: Yeah, definitely. Kind of disregarded definitely, that one. Definitely a Christmas story, but really close ties for second. I'd put in Home Alone, Charlie Brown Christmas, and I uh, – It's is, is between cool. the Grinch for me and, like, Miracle on 34th.
1: Okay. Yeah. Put, put Miracle on 34th there so we have uh, something different. <laughs>
0: I'll put Miracle on 34th, but if you're out there you haven't seen any of these Christmas movies that have, been, that have exited our mouths, you should definitely go check it out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. More classics.
1: The, the stop-motion ones are, are, didn't age very well, but just as a child, you don't really pick up on you know, the choppiness of the movies and how you know, poorly made they were, and you just kind of just take it at nostalgic value. And that's why Rudolph is my number one. I love that Home is
0: Alone. a good one. I did. I did enjoy them as a kid.
1: Yeah, they're 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 great movies. And and wait, I was trying to ask before: Does Home Alone really count as a Christmas movie?
0: I I always thought it did. I mean, it's you know, it's isn't around Christmas. It always shows on TV. Like one of my favorite things I remember in high school was during break or like that first few days of break. Like I could turn on TV and bank on either Home Alone or a Christmas Story being on TV.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I always used to watch Christmas Story, but I never really—I liked it, but I don't—I don't—I wouldn't know if I would be able to put that in my Mount Rushmore.
0: Oh, I love it! I, there are so many great things from that movie. <laughs> so many great scenes. Yeah, there like is. fifty years later, it's still great.
1: Yeah, it is. It aged—it aged very well. I will—I will say that. Yeah.
0: And I guess our next question is on the similar, on a similar vein. We're keeping and the Christmas I, and I don't here? think we can. What?
1: We're keeping the Christmas
0: vibe oh okay, yeah, we're keeping the Christmas vibe sweet also from the same person, what is your favorite Christmas song, and I don't think I can single it to one I think the Mount Rushmore idea is very good
1: yeah ooh i don't know. I don't know if i can i don't I can't single one out I mean obviously you got your classics like the Bing Crosby white Christmas, uh Frank Sinatra Jingle bells is one of my other favorite ones, but i don't know I, don't, I can't really pick one, so I'm just going to go with um albums and two of my favorite albums this time of year are josh groban's noel
0: that's a really good one that's actually like something that i don't really think about but it is a good one for this time
1: yeah he's really good and he sings a lot of serious songs and that's what i'm really into for christmas music i'm not so much about the mariah carey you know all i want for christmas is you i'm more much (laughs) more about the silent give me a good version of silent night and you might get me to tear up and the second album is Sarah McLaughlin's winter song. My mom always used to play it when I was a kid, whenever we would go over to my grandparents, and that just kinda I don't know, it just kinda stuck with me from then on out. So that's that's always become my favorite and my favorite song off that album. So if you want me to give a favorite song, it would be War is Over, Xmas is Here, and that's the first song off that album by Sarah McLaughlin.
0: You know, I thought I had my top four, but then I just kinda remembered like twenty other Christmas songs, but Currently I mean I love War Is Over. Definitely is in the Mount Rushmore.
1: By John Lennon, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a good song. Jingle Bell Rock, I think is is also mm-hmm. on there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Rockin' Around the Christmas tree. All right. I say this now and I think I'm about to hear, like ten more songs.
1: That's okay, that's okay. That's why we're That's here. okay that's okay.
0: You know, we, we own the show. We can we can, <laughs> we can make whatever we want. We we just make it up as we go. We don't need rules. <laughs> we don't need rules. <laughs>
1: Everything's made up and the points don't matter. Come on, Eugene.
0: <laughs> I I love the. I don't know how this became. A, oh no, actually, no. I I know how it did. I had to take that back. But the the Snoopy song, Snoopy versus the Red Baron. That's just such a fun one. How does that go? I don't even remember. I I don't want to sing it. I, I don't don't
1: don't sing it. it. I'll spare you. I'll spare you. I'll spare our listeners as well.
0: I don't have to <laughs> sing it. And a a good Ave Maria. Yeah. A good Ave Maria around this time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: On point. On point. And you know what? I'll just cut myself off it there.
1: Yeah. Josh Groban's uh,
0: Ave Maria is very good. He's got a good one. He's got a good one. He's got a good Silent Night as well. That's also very good. The Polar Express song is also pretty good. Yeah, there's too many good ones.
1: (sighs) Polar Express. I hated that
0: one. I didn't like the movie. I liked the book.
1: Yeah, book was good. Everyone kind of read that book as a child. They felt it, like...
0: yeah, it was one of those books that you always read around this time in elementary mm-hmm. school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I honestly, I can just name twenty Christmas songs, but I'm not going to go there.
1: Yeah, no, it's okay. The The Rat Pack produced a, a bunch of good songs. You know, Bing, Demar, Martin, Frank Sinatra. They all they all produced some good ones. Those are some of my favorites as well.
0: Have yourself a merry little Christmas is another good one.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Jeez. And you kind of forget about how many Christmas songs there are.
0: It's just like you play word association with Christmas songs. And you don't think of like
1: (laughs) True. It's kind of a shame because if you listen to just the Christmas, whatever your local Christmas station is, and on like an hour drive, you kind of feel like you've cycled through them, all all of them already, but there's so many of them. it's, It's ridiculous.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to State of the Nova Nation and for subscribing on iTunes. Please don't forget to check out VUBenchMob.com for your news and updates on all things Villanova sports. Also, follow us on the Twitter sphere at VUBenchmob, or you can follow me, Eugene Repay at EREP5. And
1: you can follow me, Chris Stanzial, at the standsman on Twitter.
0: Nova Nation happy Tuesday. We are just five days away from Christmas.